batter up. Katie, Katie was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown crew every Sue, Katie Blue. On a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see a show. But Miss Kate said, no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Welcoming to a special midweek edition Batter Up Podcast. Sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles here on the Sports Insanity Network. I am Mike Rifkin. I'm solo today. So, give you the news around baseball. There are some things said on a radio station as well that I want to talk about. As well as talk about some of the big weekend series coming up in Major League Baseball. But I do want to start with some cool things that occurred last night. This being Thursday, May 25th, 2023. These things occurred on April, or April, May 24th, 2023. Uh, start in Anaheim, uh, where Mike Trout hit his 362nd home run, passing Joe DiMaggio on the all-time list. Trout now has 12 home runs. On the season. And here's the best thing about. Here's the best thing going for Trout. Listen, if you've listened to the division previews part of these podcasts, I was not high on the Angels. For a number of reasons, but the biggest one is the last couple of years. Mike Trout has not been able to stay healthy. Along with other guys such as Anthony Rendon and. You know, and I didn't trust the Angels starting pitch. You look now at where we are, and everyone says Memorial Day is kind of the first day you look at the standings. Well, the Angels right now are playing pretty good ball. They just swept the Red Sox, but they're five games over 500. They're seven and three in their last 10, and they've won four in a row. So, I think I, I was wrong. For, for right now, I'm going to say I was wrong on the Angels. But I'll say this. If Trout at any point gets hurt, it's such a hard pill to swallow because he's still, in my opinion, one of the more exciting players to watch, along with Otani. Hunter Renfro's had a really nice year for them as well. Listen, I'm off the Rendon thing because he can't stay healthy. If their starting pitching can hold up, awesome. Do I think the Angels are a playoff team? No, but what's to stop them? In in a world where they probably could add a starter, 
at the deadline. They probably had another reliever if they wanted to. The problem is I think the East is so top-heavy that you could see three wild cards come from the AL East because that's how deep their division is. I, I mean, every team is over 500. Even the Red Sox or the Angels just swapped over 500. So it's a good start for the Angels. If Trout and Otani stay healthy, massive positive for the Angels. Now to the AL East, because there was a gut check win last night for the Orioles. Excuse me. As they beat the Yankees 9-6. to six. And they scored, I believe it was eight runs in the seventh. Yeah, an eight-run seventh inning helped, propels them to a 9-6 win. This is night after they lost a game 6-5 where they were up 5-1. So a young team like the Orioles, that Monday, that, that Tuesday night loss, is a for some it, it would be a crusher and it would start a downward spiral. For them, it didn't do it. They come back, they rebound, and now they have an opportunity tonight in the Bronx to take two of three from the Yankees. Which, by the way, what would that do for their confidence right now, as they are the second place team in the AL East, trailing the Rays by three games. And the Rays are playing the Blue Jays currently. And that is a 3-1 to Rays lead in the third inning. So you go through all of this. And the Orioles, a lot of people, myself included, wondered if last year was a fluke. It wasn't. It's a good team. It's a good team. Now, here's the prop. Let me rephrase that. Here is an idea for the Orioles. And I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when they were talking or when they were playing the, the team, I'm going to tell them to copycat a little bit. They were playing the Braves. And what are the Braves known for? Buying out these arbitration years on these really good players and signing them to longer-term deals that actually wind up being bargains. Acuna. Albies, Michael Harris, Scott one. I think the Orioles could take a page out of this playbook because think about what happened. I think it was eight years ago now, give or take. The Machado situation. They decided to sign Chris Davis to a long-term deal. And then they moved Machado to the Dodgers. And it was they were reeling ever since because Chris Davis. Not a knock. After that contract, he just didn't perform. And Manny Machado is now a superstar. Well, he was a superstar then. He continues to be a superstar. So, and this is a way also to reignite the fan base. Because let me tell you, as a fan of a team who's now spending money, but in the past really didn't at times, when you sign your homegrown players, the fans appreciate that. They love the superstar. Everyone loves the superstar. 
But when you draft and develop and a kid comes through the system, that tells the fan base, hey, we believe in this kid so much, we're going to give him $100 million, $200 million. And it gives a connection to the fans instead of the scene, cue the scene of Major League where the guys reading the newspaper going, who the hell are these guys? You don't have that problem. So guys like Adley Rutschman, sign them. Buy out the arbitration years and sign them. Uh, Cedric Mullins, Mountcastle, Gunnar Henderson, all of these guys you could do it with, and that keeps your team together. And listen, you're never going to have a payroll like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers or teams like that. But if you do what the Braves do and it keeps everyone together for a long time, I'm not going to say you're going to win multiple World Series because it's hard to win the World Series. But why couldn't you be a consistent playoff team? That's just something the Orioles I, – I think the Orioles should consider doing that. Not a guarantee that they will. But it's definitely something for them uh, to – figure out because if they do it they're in a good spot because they have so many young players and they still have kids coming jackson holiday amongst others hey if there's not a place for them on this team guess what hey top starting pitchers on the market who would i want to bring in so they have to at least consider doing the Braves thing. Because I, I'll tell you this, even as a Met fan, how the Braves operate with the Acuna deal, the Albies deal, I love it. Now, them losing Dansby Swanson hurts a bit. But the most of this core is locked up long term. And so that's, that's a, a very important thing. So if the Orioles can do it, Listen, you're never going to have that high payroll, but you're going to have a team that, for the record, will compete. Tampa does it differently, too. But I'm not saying Tampa shouldn't consider doing that. I'm not saying the Jays shouldn't consider doing it. But for the Orioles, I think it makes a ton of sense. So, so those are some things that occurred last night with the Orioles winning, getting that big win in Trout's home run, and the Angels are off to a really nice start. Look, we talk about the AL East and how much of a beast it is. The AL West isn't too shabby either. Texas, really good. We'll talk about them in a big weekend series they have. The Astros are starting to figure out. They've lost two in a row, but they're eight and two in their last ten. They got Altuve back now. Um, they're still waiting on Jose Abreu, which is really strange, I think, to most people in baseball, because him and I have the same amount of home runs. Goose egg. So uh, I, I think the Astros are still the team to beat. The Angels, you know, I mentioned how hot they are, and, and the Mariners are a really good team. And the Mariners right now are 25 and 24. But the Mariners can pitch, man. 
Luis Castillo's been great. I love the young guys. Logan Gilbert's got great stuff. George Kirby's got good stuff. They brought up this kid, Bryce Miller, who's been phenomenal for them. They can pitch. The question for them is, can they score enough runs? And that, I feel like, is the question about the Mariners every year. And then there's the A's. And listen, I, I, I rave about, I rant about the A's every podcast. So they're one and nine in their last 10, and they've lost seven in a row. They have a run differential of minus 183. Um, I feel bad for the people of Oakland. Um, that That's really it. They, they're putting a terrible product on the field. And then your reward is they're going to be moved to Vegas. And, and I just, I'm going to get off of what I was talking about because I, I do want to just hear myself on this. If the, the league is going to expand, and apparently that's one of the top things on Rob Manfred's list, I think you got to consider Oakland. It's a passionate fan base. It's a passionate sports town. The Raiders bolted, the A's bolted because they couldn't get a new ballpark. But if you can get the city to agree to a new ballpark, I don't see an issue with putting another team in Oakland. I, I really just don't. Uh, the passionate fan base, so. I, I feel for those people right now, I feel terrible for them. So th that's the stuff on the A's. Um, outside of that, I'm not going to talk about their, their play on the field because they're not deserving of it. <clears throat> um, so, so something caught my eye. I live in New York. Uh, so sports radio is something I love. And I listen to the fan and one of the fans hosts talked about Aaron Boone and he said Aaron Boone I'm quoting here is the best manager in baseball let's just say it the way it is this was on May 23rd I get it you want to hype a guy you're you're the Yankees broadcast partner for radio um, but you couldn't be more wrong. Uh, Aaron Boone's not even a top 10 manager in baseball, if you ask me. Because great managers don't have eight-run seventh innings against them. Aaron Boone always gets outmatched. So, so it got me thinking of the any order right now, the top 10 managers in, in baseball. So I broke this down divisionally. So let's start in Boone's own division, the AL East, where he's not even the best manager in his own division. Alex Cora is a better manager. He's got a rank. Kevin Cash is a better manager because he has a team with the third lowest payroll in all baseball, always in contention. Oh, by the way, he's been in more World Series than Aaron Boone has. And I got to tell you, listen, I'll give you a boon over John Schneider and I'll give you a boon over Brandon Hyde, but that argument has come very close because the Orioles are not that far away. I got to be honest with you. The Orioles are not that far away. 
So I'll give you for now, Boone's the third best manager in his own division. So that's three that, that, you know, right now he'd be third. In the AL Central, he's not better than Terry Francona. Terry Francona's going to Cooperstown. So Terry Francona jumped him. Um, I love A.J. Hinch, but I understand if you want to put Boone ahead of Hinch because of what happened in 17. I'll I'll live with the argument, but I think A.J. Hinch is a really good manager, so I put him a little bit ahead. Uh, Rocco Baldelli is a good manager. Is he Aaron Boone? Too soon to tell. Uh, you know, and the Royals and the White Sox have new managers. And Mike Matheny did win a ring with the Cardinals, but he's been away for a bit. So, uh, excuse me. Then you go to the West. Bruce Bochy is a Hall of Fame manager, and look at what he's doing with Texas. So he jumps boot. Dusty Baker swept Boone in the ALCS last year and has won a ring, and he's on his way to Cooperstown. So he slides on by. You want to tell me Aaron Boone's better than Scott Service? Okay. He's better than Phil Nevin? Okay. And is he better than Mark? I'd say yes. The, the only argument would be Service and – to be fair, Boone's been a constant playoff manager. Service just made the playoffs last year for the first time. So, so right away, Bochi, Dusty, Terry Francona, Kevin Cash, Alex Cora, and A.J. Hinge is on the fence. So that's already five to six. I haven't even gotten to the end of yet. You can say whatever you want. He's not a better manager than Brian Snicker and the job he's done with the Braves. So that that's fine. He's better than Skip Schumacher. Is he better than Davey Martinez? Like, like let's be honest about this. Davey won a World Series. You know, and like I said about the Orange, the Nats have some things going for them. They are top two in that rotation, Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray. Those can be stalwarts. You know, if you want to get Boone the edge of there, I'll live. But Davey's pretty good. Davey's pretty good. You know, Boone versus Buck is an interesting conversation. Um, Buck's been around longer. But Buck has also done more with less, if you want to think about it. Buck really set up the Yankees dynasty. Because he was the manager before Joe Torre. He was the manager before the Rangers went to the World Series. He was the manager of the Orioles before they blew it up. So Buck has some interesting complications. Rob Thompson's in his first full year as a manager. Did go to the World Series last year, but I think that was more of the team than Rob Thompson. And sometimes that new voice. The NL Central... The only guy I think worth mentioning is Craig Council. It's Craig Council because the Brewers have been a constant. They've been consistently very good. So Boone versus Council is an interesting conversation. And again, the Brewers do it differently than the Yankees. Everything does it differently. 
So then there's the NL West. Tori Lavelle's been in Arizona a long time. Done a pretty good job. Is he better than Boone? Uh, no, probably not. He's better than Buddy Black, and he's better than Gabe Kapler. I don't think he's better than Bob Melvin, although the Padres have stunk up the joint so far this year. And they've been putrid, and we can talk about them in a few minutes. But Bob Melvin's a pretty good get, good manager. And then Dave Roberts, who I'll say this. I don't think he's a great manager because I think the Dodgers are a great team because they spend a lot of money and they have – they have a great farm system. I think it's a lot on Andrew Friedman. But I, I look at it, it's kind of similar to the Yankees, where they spent a ton of money, and there's the, the expectation of both those teams. So for, for this exercise, I'm not really going to include Dave Roberts because we could throw him in at some point. But so, so argument's sake now – we're going Cash and Cora. That's two. Terry Francona is three. I put Hinch in there. I, I, I like AJ Hinch a lot. Dusty's five. Bochy six. Snitker seven. Council eight. I, I'm going to put Bob Melvin in. I, I I know the Padres have scuffled, but I like Bob Melvin a lot. So you, you know we're make, if you want to throw Dave Roberts in, Dave Roberts is ten, and, and so Aaron Boone's not a top ten manager. And if you want to make the case Dave Roberts isn't a top ten manager, that's fine by me. My point is this. I love to over – I think a lot of people like to overanalyze things. And I get it. It's the job. On, on sports radio, it's the job to overanalyze. The thing that bothers me about a boom argument is when you want to make – I mean, did I mention Francona? I'm, I'm going to redo it in a second. But the thing that bothers me is I get you want to pump the tires of the team on your station. And when they deserve to be ripped, you rip them. Let's not sit here and argue the fact that whether you think Aaron Boone's a good manager or whether you think Aaron Boone's a bad manager. If George Steinbrenner was alive today, Aaron Boone wouldn't be the manager of the New York Yankees. You know why? Because George wants to win and this team hasn't won a World Series in 14 years. They haven't won since 2009. The New York Yankees have not won a World Series since 2009. They have not been to the World Series since 2009. Think of the teams who've been to the World Series since then. The Rangers. The Royals. The Rays. The New York Mets have been to a more recent World Series than the New York Yankees. And the Red Sox. The Red Sox have won World Series. Do you know what that would have done if George was alive? 
red, seeing the Red Sox, he would have flipped. So, again, this is not a vendetta against Boone in any way, shape, or form. I'm just calling it like I see. I don't think he's a top 10 manager. I think he's a byproduct of them spending money. Let's let's be real honest. I know he was out, and then he just went on. He's on a tear right now. If Judge signed with the Giants instead, if Aaron Judge signed with the Giants instead of the Giants signed Arson Judge, we might be having a different argument about the Yankees this year. We might be. Who knows? Carlos Rodon still isn't throwing a pitch. So that not a vendetta against Boone, but just something to, to think about. All right. So let, let's talk a little bit about some of the bigger – Actually, you know what? Before we dive into the big series, and we, we will we will get there. I, I I do want to talk about the Padres, and I don't like doing this. I'll talk about the Mets as well. The Padres are three and seven in their last ten. They're twenty two and twenty seven on the year. They're eight back of the Dodgers. They are closer to the Rockies in the standings than they are the Giants. Two behind the Giants, a game and a half in front of the Rockies. They're finishing a series against the Nationals. If the Padres don't turn this around, I'm not saying they have to win the division. I'm not going to say that. But if the Padres don't make the playoffs, we need to have a conversation. Because this might be worse than the Dream Team Eagles conversation and listen Machado's hurt now but you still have Tatis you still have Soto who they need to pick it up Bogarts has been really good and then they need their pitching to be really good Darvish Musgrove they need these guys to be good if they can be good then they're they're in that position but until then, I need to see them hit, hit the consistency. But they can't be nine. I'm sorry. They can't be 10 and 12 on the road and 12 and 15 home. It's inexcusable. Team's too talented. And as much credit as I just gave Bob Melvin before for being a really good manager, he's going to eat the brunt of this, despite it being, I think, a player problem as well. Sometimes the stars just don't all mesh. That's a problem. So the Padres have their issues. The other team in the NL, I, I'll talk about for a second, is the Mets, and because they've been a subject recently um, on a number of different fronts. Omar Narvaez is going to start a rehab assignment, I believe, next week. Tomas Nito should be starting one relatively soon as well with his vis- vision issue being all cleared. And the Mets also have Gary Sanchez on their roster, along Francisco Alvarez. So here's the deal. You have four catchers for two spots. I'll be the guy who says, I I don't need to see Gary Sanchez catch. I don't need to see Gary Sanchez be the DH. I don't need to see Gary Sanchez in a Met uniform. He's not the guy. He'll run into one every now and then, but he's not the guy. 
you traded for Narvaez for a reason. You liked him, or you signed Narvaez for a reason. He's got to be here. So then it comes down to Nito versus Alvarez. And the answer is right in front of you. It's Alvarez. The, the kid, has, he had his sixth home run last night. He's a much better defensive catcher than I think the Mets gave him credit for coming into the season. Blocker, pitch frame, and the pitchers like pitching to him. So I'm going to bump Alvarez in. Alvarez and Narvaez should be your two catchers. If you send Alvarez down, what does it do for not only him mentally, but what does it do for the team? Because he's one of the few guys who can run into one on this team. Him, Alonzo, Marte can run into one. We're waiting on Lindor to run into a few. But So Alvarez is up. He has to play. Which brings me to the next topic on the men's. If Mark Vientos and Brett Beatty are up, they have to play. I get it. If you want to give Beatty a day so Escobar could play third, fine. I don't need to see Daniel Vogel back as my DH anymore. Uh, we've we've gotten to the point now where it's May 25th and Daniel Vogelback hasn't shown anything. He was supposed to be the protection for Pete, Pete Alonso. That's why everyone was like, this is why people ask for the Mets to go get a bat this winter, because the lineup's not deep enough. And the lineup really shrinks when guys like Vogelback and Canna and Marte haven't hit. Marte's starting to get going. Still waiting on Canna. And Vogelback hasn't gotten hot. So now when you get through the top, I'll be nice and say five because I'll throw me top four because McNeil, Nemo, Lindor, Alonzo, and then Alvarez at the bottom of the order. And this isn't even a knock on Brett Beatty. Lunch is not deep enough. When you look at a lineup that you're going to have to play in the Braves, Acuna, Albies, Olsen, Riley, Sean Murphy, then they can DH Travis Darno. And then their nine hitters, Harris, who's reigning rookie of the year. So the deeper the lineup, and that's the Mets issue. We could talk about the starting pitching, and Scherzer's been really good his last two starts. Verlander was excellent Sunday night. Kodai Singa wasn't great last night, but those things are going to happen. He's been the most consistent guy, McGill. Wasn't good on Tuesday night. They need a little bit more out of him. David Peterson's given him nothing. And Carrasco, who goes tonight, listen, if Carrasco and Peterson continue to struggle, the Mets are going to have to make a deal for another starter because neither one of those guys right now is worth throwing out there for five, six innings because they get heat beaten and get hit in four. You know, and they keep putting themselves in holes. So the guy I'd go get is Lucas Giolito if the White Sox are truly selling at some point. Um, I think a change of scenery would do him pretty good. And he was good a couple of years ago. I don't think that changed, but just a name to keep out, keep an eye out on. 
But look, the, the Mets are five and a half behind the Braves for as poorly as they've played. So they have an opportunity here. Play the Cubs one more tonight, Wrigley. By the way, it is a crime to play three night games at Wrigley Field, and it should be against the law. But they have an opportunity here to make up some ground because the Braves have a tough weekend. The Mets are going to Colorado, where hopefully the bats wake up a bit. But on to the weekend previews. Uh, speaking of the Braves, they will host the Phillies this weekend for a four-game set starting tonight, Thursday. Uh, first time the two teams are going to play this year since the Phillies beat the Braves in the NLDS in four games, three games to one. The Phillies got Bryce Harper back. They've got Turner. Now, he, here's the thing about the Phillies. They had a walk-off win yesterday against the Diamondbacks. Maybe that's the one that gets the Phillies going because we've been waiting for the Phillies really to get hot, hot. And let's be honest, but after this four-gamer with the Braves, they go to City Field. So they're in that position where – and they're in a pretty good spot here in this series because – you know Max Fried's not going to pitch for the Braves. He's hurt. Same thing with Kyle Wright. But you got Aaron Nola going tonight. And you got Wheeler going. I apologize. I think Wheeler's going Saturday. Tonight's Nola. I'm just making sure my... Tomorrow's Walker. So so it goes Nola, Walker, and then Wheeler will pitch on Saturday. So that's where they're at. They're going to pitch their big three. And then Charlie Morton's the big guy who will pitch on Saturday for Atlanta. And Spencer Strider will go Sunday. So that's the situation for those two teams, the Phillies and the Braves. Tight. The Phillies are seven out. If they make a run, it starts here in this series. If they can take three of four from the Braves in Atlanta, it's a huge statement. For, for It would be a huge statement for the Phillies. For the Braves, they lost two of three to the Dodgers, which, I mean, most people lose two of three to the Dodgers, and they're rolling right now. So that that's for them. Dodgers are going to go to Tampa, and they're going to play the Rays. 2020 World Series rematch. Uh, that now he, he, here's a gripe I have, and I I know this is not something people want to hear me gripe about, but I'll gripe about it. it it's the Sunday game being on Peacock because if you don't have Peacock, you can't watch. You, you, you know, the game, you have to find a stream or, or whatever. Um, so the pitching matchups Friday night will be Noah Syndergaard for the Dodgers. And he's been brutal. One and three with a 588. Uh, the Rays have not announced who's pitching. Uh, Saturday's a good one. Saturday's a Clayton Kershaw, who's had a really nice start to his year six and four, 298. 
Tyler Glass now will make his season debut for the Rays. And then the Peacock game Sunday morning will be Gavin Stone against Taj Bradley. So two young guys pitching. So here's one thing on the Peacock thing and, and all the streaming games because I get it. The leagues have to make the money, their money. And, and I totally understand, but to have Peacock, Apple TV, then the Yankees have the audacity to put some of their games not on yes, but they put them on Amazon Prime. You're expecting the consumer to buy all of this, and then you want them also to spend money on tickets, and when they go to a game, the food and the parking and all of this at some point, you got to give to the fans to get. So that that that's that's the what I'll say on the streaming games. I'm not going to make a huge thing about it because I get it. That's where we're going as a world. Everything is going to be streamed. Uh, so Dodgers Rays, Phillies Braves, Dodgers Rays, Phillies Braves. That is not easy to say. Uh, you got the Padres and the Yankees. Uh, the Padres need to make a statement in the series. They have to take two of three. They're going to have Musgrove and Darvish in this series. I think Darvish faces Cole, which should be a good pitching matchup. Listen, if the Orioles beat the Yankees tonight and the Orioles take two of three, the Yankees are going to need some momentum back to take two of three from the Padres. So that is a very intriguing series because the Padres need it and the Yankees might need just to stay intact with the Rays. And then you have the Blue Jays and the Twins. The Twins are in first place in the AL Central by two and a half over the Tigers who who started to climb. And the Blue Jays have the same record as the Twins and they're nine and a half back of the Rays. So and the Blue Jays currently are down five to one after five against the Rays. So the, the Blue Jays just need to, their offense will be fine with Springer and Bichette and Vlad Jr. Gosman's been really good. Bassett's been really good. They need to figure out the Alec Manoa thing at some point. The bullpen's been spotty, but you know they they just. Bur- Barrios and Kikuchi have been head scratchers because they've been really good at times and they've been really bad at times. So they need to figure those two guys out because I still think they are the most talented team in this division. I really do. Um, So I I still like the Blue Jays a lot. The Twins need to figure it out. Correa's got plantar fasciitis now. Um, Buxton, you know, he needs to stay healthy. The pitch has been pretty good. Sonny Gray's been big. Sonny Gray's been pretty good. Ober's been pretty good. The the Twins pitching's been better. Joe Ryan's been really good. Uh, you know, so so those series are fun. And then you got the Rangers and the Orioles. And I'll tell you this: this is a test for the Rangers. On the road, Camden Yards. Orioles are young and spunky. 
and they're fun. The Rangers are crushing everyone. Um, but this will be a fun, should be a fun series for the, both teams. Uh, you know, both, two teams playing really well right now. And the Rangers are only a game better than the Orioles right now. And, and then you have the P Pirates and the Mariners on the West Coast. Uh, not to show any any biasness, I will go to the West Coast with the Pirates and the Mariners. And the Pirates have faded a little bit. They're four and six in their last ten. I think they're five and sixteen over the last twenty-one. To the point they're game over five hundred. They're two back of the Brewers. By the way, the Cardinals are starting to make a run in the Central, but the Pirates. Listen, if you're a Pirate fan, the start couldn't have been better than what you've asked for. Now what you want is a respectable year. And even if that's under 500, let's say it's 79 and 83, 80 and 82, and you're on the cusp of 500, I think if you're a Pirate fan, you take that. If you're a Mariner fan, you made the playoffs for the first time since 2001 last year. Want to bounce back? You got the starting pitching to do it. You know, the problem is no one saw the Angels being what they are. And I think most people thought Texas would bounce back, just not this high. But that should be a fun, interesting series as well. So those are some of the series to watch this weekend. Pirates, Mariners, Orioles, Rangers, Blue Jays, Twins, Padres, Yankees, Dodgers, Rays, Phillies, Braves. We'll be back, batter up, Sunday morning. But you can check this podcast out, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the network Twitter account, youtube.com slash sport, the Sports Insanity Network. We're on Twitter, at Insane or S Insanity Real. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can just type it out. You'll find it. Go to the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com for great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. And I am Mike Griffin for the Batter Up podcast, sponsored by Halpert's Cards and Collectibles on the Sports Insanity Network. Have a great weekend, everyone. Talk to you Sunday and namaste. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.